New Dimensions Radio has been making a difference on our planet since 1973, thanks to the generosity of our listeners. You too can help make a difference with a tax-deductible donation or membership. Please visit our website, newdimensions.org, and just click the Donate button. We at New Dimensions thank you for your support. Hello, I'm Justine Willis-Toms, and today I'm hosting Don Oscar Miro Quisada. He's a co-author with Bonnie Glass Coffin of Lessons in Courage, Peruvian Shamanic Wisdom for Everyday Life. And he is an adept in shamanism from Peru. Don Oscar, thank you so much for being with us today on the New Dimensions Cafe. And thank you for opening up the space so that we can dance together in beauty. Thank you. Yes, yes, it is a dance. I want to talk about something that you have developed called the Pachacuti Misa tradition. And um, this is something that came to you in, in your studies with your own mentors and with the many teachers that you and maestros that you have been apprenticed to. And I would love to have you describe the first time that you presented this concept to a Western audience in an auditorium, in a university setting. Can you describe that for us, please? Certainly, and um, I must say that I would like to invoke Don Celso Rojas Palomino of Salas Chiclayo and Don Berito Coriguamang Vargas of Guasao, Cusco, uh, for having been the inspirational catalyst for the bridging of our southeastern highland and northern coastal Peruvian shamanic practices that led to the origination of the Pachacuti Mesa tradition as something so valuable to the developed nations of this world that enables a restoration of sacred trust between humankind and nature. And to that purpose, the Pachacuti Mesa was developed. I was given the task by Don Celso to bring these teachings to the northern regions because our own people were scoffing at them and considered them superstitious and so in order to safeguard uh, the value of this work, Don Silso understood that if people from developed nations, Europeans, Americans, were exposed to its beauty and its power, and they began to value its practice, our own people would say, wow, the gringos love it, they value it, so therefore there must be some value in it, and start to safeguard these practices themselves. And lo and behold, that's been the case. There's been a resurgence, a flourishing of Andean and Peruvian shamanic traditions or South American and Central American and Mexico, American-based indigenous traditions, just like when Zen took hold in the 50s and 60s and Hinduism took hold in the late 60s and 70s. And so right now, these ways of Heart Island, which we call South America, are part of the great turning. And they're a way to bring us closer to the earth because they're entirely earth-based. They're not about transcending this planet. They are about 
immersing ourselves in it with honoring and sacred reciprocity. So the Pachacuti Mesa tradition first after much trepidation, because I was young in those days, I was a faculty at the West Georgia College. At that time, it was college psychology department, the, the leading edge program for transpersonal and humanistic psych in, in the country at that time. And I was invited to do a grand rounds, which is a presentation to the graduate students, faculty. It was open to everybody on shamanism because they knew of my work with the Organization of American States and it was more of an academic invitation. Yet I decided to go ahead and let the Mesa show itself. The Mesa being uh, what we call unajuar de artes, or a dowry of sacred medicines. So you're entering this auditorium, and there are, just to describe it, there are fluorescent lights and people sitting in auditorium style, like in rows and probably expecting some sort of academic treatise on, on this Pachacuti <laughs> Misa uh. tradition. But you couldn't do it in the way that they were expecting, could you? It's more than I couldn't do it. I was beholding to honoring the heart of this work rather than just giving an academic rendition as if I were an ethnographer. Many dreams uh, precipitated that choice and it was the ideal situation to be able to language it in a way that would reach uh, those from developed nations, to be able to bring in concepts that I had learned from analytical psychology, from Jungian, from archetypal, from you know all the transpersonal disciplines and even some of the uh, new age physics that were being developed at the time. It lent itself to giving it a format or a foundation that was very inclusive of other paths. And I found this a dream come true. So I decided, instead of explicating it, to lead a ritual. And so all of these very distinguished professors of mine that I was had been there to do my master's program before I, be, I came back, were there and several other, uh, you know, quite accomplished uh, scholars in the field of shamanism, as a matter of fact, were present. And so I had them dissolve the auditorium sitting, put them in a, in a circle or a semicircle, extinguished the lights and went into pitch darkness. And at that point, I remember just being at Don Celso Rojas Palominos, my first mentor, the Camasca maestro, being at his mesa in Salas Chiclayo, on the dirt floor with the smells and the aromas and everything. And I started to go ahead and, and sing my songs and do my prayers and uh, call in my spirit allies and my shamanic helpers. And the room just lit up and, and, and became full of, of the spiritual presence of these ancestors. And that led into me working individually with one particular very respected professor of mine that was getting on an age and had some physical uh, challenges. And I did a limpia on him. I did a cleansing. I did an extraction. I, you know, basically removed a, a lot of these uh, hindrances at the biotheric level from his field. And he felt very restored. And 
As a result of that experience, I realized that I had a system on my hands that could transmit the wisdom of my ancestors in a manner that allowed it to be practiced by people that did not have that tribal blood in them. And hence, that everybody is a child of Mother Earth, hence native of this planet. Everyone is indigenous to this Earth. You do not have to be a member of a tribal nation to be able to do the rituals and ceremonies of our forefathers and foremothers, of our grandmother and goddess cultures, and of the beginning of the original instructions that were given to our peoples. You talk about the five C's of ceremony, and these are incorporated in this as someone lays out this Misa, which you describe in fine, fine detail in the book, Lessons in Courage, how someone can actually perform this ritual and then incorporate it in their lives on a regular basis. So what are those five C's of ceremony? Mm -hmm. Well, as you know in the book, Justine, the five chapters correspond to, to the five directions of the Misa that I explicated in our other time together. Yet the five C's of ceremony as is used in the Pachacuti Mesa lineage are communion, consecration, composition, connection, and cooperation. So communion is to align oneself, to enter a state of resonance and merging with the entire sphere of creation. When you enter into that space, by quieting yourself, stilling yourself, listening deeply, dissolving separation from anything that is non-mind, at that point, an expression of gratefulness emerges, of gratitude. Hence, you consecrate, you do an offering, the second C. Once you do an offering and you are feeding the earth, you are feeding the unseen world, you are feeding the cosmos, you enter into a sacred reciprocity with that. At that point, anything that you create, that you compose, this third C, you do a composition, much like a music composition, you're composing this experience of being one and grateful for the miracle that is the sphere of creation. And so you set up your altar and you place your pieces according in the Pachacuti Mesa. We have a cosmovision that is, you know, mimics uh, the structure of the living universe in many ways. And you can find the same shapes and, and configurations replicated in natural phenomena. You co-create or you compose this altar, this tapestry this weaving which is in a, a spiral which is uh, in, involves first of all doing feedings of uh, cornmeal tobacco florida water libation uh, coca quintus bay leaves to the ground giving some nourishment to the mother laying a, a ground cloth on, on top of that so you have a circle and then you have a square on top of it you square the circle then you place on top of that squaring of the circle, you place all of the other directions, the south, west, north, east, and center, and all of the secondary allies that go configured in there. So you're creating this 
expression of sacred geometry that mimics many things in, in the natural world, at that point, you enter into connection. That's where you relate. And you call in through your songs, through your prayers, through your offering of sweet aromas. You call in your connection to the web. And then the fifth C, cooperation. You serve the web. You receive visions that inspire you to take the right action. So by doing that, what you're doing is aligning, offering, creating, relating, and serving all in one ritual opening of the Missa. Hence, you enter into a line of initiates that have done this service work since time immemorial. And right action, born of compassionate spiritual wisdom, unites. And that is the principle behind these ritual operations that the Pachakuti Mesa offers the practitioner. And people can get the full detail of this in Lessons Encourage, the book, and how to actually lay it out as you've just described so beautifully. We don't have you know a lot of time here, but I just wanted to mention that even if we do this, there's another thing that we can incorporate in our life that you encourage, and it's a nature walk. It's like just the way we walk in the world and notice the livingness that's all around us and going into that reciprocity to give to it in some way. Can you describe that? We are attractors. We are strange attractors. We are fields of great majesty and presence. Starting off any activity, in this case a earthwalk, with that mindfulness that you are attracting a very wide pool, a circle of influence with your thought, your word, and your action, and walking in stillness, in that open, empty space, free of attachment to outcome, totally surrendered. You're nurturing, nourishing and sustaining the web more than if you were going on a pilgrimage to the most sacred, venerated Apu. It's that simple. Pilgrimages to venerated places of power can be done, and it's being done, between both of us sitting right here and when we walk outside. Life is a pilgrimage. Walk as if it is, and it shall restore all relations in good way. Don Oscar, thank you so much for being with us today on the New Dimensions Cafe. My deep, deep pleasure and joy. I've been here with Don Oscar Miro Quesada. He spells his name M-I-R-O-Q-U-E-S-A-D-A. And if you'd like to know about his apprenticeship program and all of his work, you can go to the website heartofthehealer.org, heartofthehealer.org, or you can get there through the New Dimensions website, newdimensions.org. 
I'm Justine Willis-Toms. I want to thank you for joining us at the New Dimensions Cafe, and I invite you to please join us again. You've been listening to the New Dimensions Cafe. This series of shorter interviews features many of the remarkable guests also featured on our internationally syndicated one-hour New Dimensions radio series. To access more than a 1,000 hours of programs, to subscribe to our newsletters, or to become a member, please visit us at newdimensions.org. New Dimensions Radio has been making a difference on our planet since 1973, thanks to the generosity of our listeners. You too can help make a difference with a tax-deductible donation or membership. Please visit our website, newdimensions.org, and just click the Donate button. We at New Dimensions thank you for your support.